0: Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in
1: faith. Once we become angry, all of a sudden we're taking up Satan's mantle. We're doing his work for him. He's a thief, he's a destroyer, he's a murderer from the beginning, and you're just saying move over Satan, I'll do your job for you. Anger is often more hurtful than the injury that caused it. Anger is often more hurtful than the injury that caused it.
0: Reaching up high, with arms open wide, we see. You're changing our Anger only brings forth sinful actions. It takes our attention away from God and places it on our circumstances. Pastor Ed will teach us today not to expect justice in this world and not to take matters into our own hands, but to allow God to take care of it. Unchecked anger in your life will give Satan a stronghold over you. Give your anger to God and he can handle it. He will show you how to control your anger if you ask him. Be someone that strives to be a peacemaker instead of stirring up strife. Now here's Pastor Ed with part two of his message entitled, Anger.
1: became disillusioned with their doctor, realizing that his anger was keeping them from the medicine and help that they needed. Anger will ruin your testimony. It'll make you act irrational. Anger hurts everyone around you. Someone has said, anger is an acid that can do more harm to the vessel in which it is stored than to anything on which it is poured. It harms you. It impacts everyone around you. Remember the story in literature of Moby Dick? Remember Ahab? He was so angry with that white whale. That he was going to endanger his ship. All of the sailors on that ship. He was set on wreaking revenge. He was set on getting even. For the loss of his leg. And everyone on that ship died. Except for Ishmael. Anger drove Ahab. And that anger spilled out on his family on all of those that were on the ships and their family, they lost their loved ones. That's the way anger is. It is a poison. It will impact everyone around you. It's hard to deal with people who are angry. I mean, you can't do anything right. There's a poem by George Eliot. I changed the poem slightly. Listen to it. Some fretful tempers wince at every touch. You always do too little or too much. He shakes with cold. You stir the fire and try to make it warm. Now you're roasting him. Serve him meat, and he would like fish. Serve him cod, and that's not what he would wish. All your efforts double his distress. His only pleasure is to be displeased. That's the way anger is. It makes you irrational. You don't think clearly. You don't think logically. It's a temporary madness. It's an insanity. Anger will do something else in your life. It not only impacts everybody around you, but it displaces God from his rightful rule and reign in your life. It displaces God's role in your life. In Romans 12, 19, do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, It is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. We're told in Scripture, let God deal with people. The problem is when we deal with people and anger takes over, we meet out too much, we go too far. We want to be judge and jury. And condemn people that hurt us. Leave it in God's hands. He knows, he sees, he can evaluate things. Don't try and take him off his throne and say, God, I'll handle this one. Don't be like the little child who was upset with a friend. And someone said, listen, vengeance is the Lord. And the little child says, okay, I'll give God until Saturday. (laughs) Let him deal with it. Justice is only safe in God's hands. Whenever a person displays anger, they bring out the guns. And then the other side brings out bigger guns. And then they go out and bring out the cannons. And it just escalates and builds and builds and builds. Uh, The Bible tells us that God is the one to take care of judgment. I read about a story of a man in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the city of brotherly love. Well, he was in a traffic jam, and he waited for a quarter of an hour to get into a lane. And just as he was about to get into the lane, somebody drove by on the shoulder of the highway, cut in front of him, and to make matters worse, he laughed at him and made an obscene Assigned uh, to him. When traffic came to a stop. The offended motorist. Opened his glove compartment. Took out a gun. And went and shot. The other motorist to death. Who had cut in front of him. And insulted him. Leave things in God's hands. He is the one. Who will do things well and rightly. Don't expect justice in this world. It is not a just world. Don't expect fairness in this world. It's in the next life. It's when the judge of all the earth will rule and reign. He'll judge men. Don't take matters into your own hand. Leave it in God's hands. Listen to Leviticus 19. 17 to 18. Do not hate your brother in your heart. Rebuke your neighbor frankly so you will not share in his guilt. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against one of your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. That's God speaking. Anger. It impacts everybody around you. Anger. Displaces God from his throne. And places you on the throne. Anger opens you up to satanic influence. Anger opens us up to satanic influence. Ephesians 4. And do not sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. You're going to give Satan a foothold in your life if you become angry. You're going to give him a beachhead in your life if you let anger control you. Remember uh, in literature, Sinbad, the story of Sinbad? He goes to an island and he sees these coconuts on top of the coconut tree. And the men can't climb it. They don't know how to get up there and get those coconuts. But also in those trees are monkeys, monkeys. And so they take rocks and they begin throwing them at the monkeys. And the monkeys get angry at them and so they take the coconuts and throw them at Sinbad and the sailors. (laughs) Whenever we begin throwing stones, whenever we begin responding in anger, we fall into the devil's hands. We become tools that he could use how many churches have been split because of an angry congregants how many people have been destroyed because of angry pastors how many marriages have been destroyed because of an angry spouse how many parents have been wounded because of an angry child or children because of an angry parent Now, once we become angry, all of a sudden we're taking up Satan's mantle. We're doing his work for him. He's a thief, he's a destroyer, he's a murderer from the beginning, and you're just saying, move over, Satan, I'll do your job for you. Anger is often more hurtful than the injury that caused it. Anger is often more hurtful than the injury that caused it. Remember the terrible curse of anger. It spills out into your life and to those around you. It displaces God from his rightful place in your life. You're saying, God, never mind, I'll take care of it myself. It opens you up to spiritual powers. And like Saul, who's motivated to kill David and hurt David, you just take up the work of the enemy. Satan wanted to destroy David because out of his lineage would come Messiah. And Saul said, I'll do it for you. He was troubled by an evil spirit. What's the cure? Now, there's a lot of things that you could say about anger. And I thought about this message. I said, boy, I could do really a series on it. But briefly, here's some of the things you could do to deal with anger. Here's a cure of the deadly sin of anger. Some of it. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules the spirit than he who takes the city. If you're a person who can control your anger, you're better than the mighty. You're better than someone who can actually take a city. Venting your anger in the wrong way only revs it up. Let me say that again. Venting your anger in the wrong way only revs it up. If you vent it to God, he can handle it. The Psalms are full of occasions where the psalmist was hurt, and he poured out his anger to God, and God healed him and delivered him. God can handle our disappointments. He can handle our anger. He can handle our frustrations, and that's The best place to take it to the Lord. You need to cry out to God in prayer. Lord, help me. See, the more you grow up, the less you will blow up. That's the truth. The more you grow up, the less you're going to blow up. Cry out to God in prayer. A number of things will happen when you cry out to God in prayer he will give you discernment. Cry out to him for discernment. In Proverbs nineteen eleven, it says, good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is glory to overlook an offense. When you cry out to God for discernment, God may say to you, you know, you're angry because of something in your past. It's triggering off something now. You're reliving an old wound. Maybe somebody walked out on you years ago and you look at your life and you say, why did my spouse leave me and it's, it's just been all difficult? That's not an easy thing to get over. But God can help you and God can show you. Maybe your anger is being influenced by satanic powers. Perhaps it's that fallen nature and God's trying to refine you on the inside. God can show you whether that anger is a righteous anger or an unrighteous anger. Be open. Let him teach you. So God will give you discernment. He'll also give you direction. How do you handle it? Proverbs twenty nine eleven: The fool blurts out every angry feeling, but the wise subdues and restrains them. Ah, you're going to change them. You're going to set them right. Be careful if you fly off the handle. You're going to have a rough landing. When you fly off, I'm going to make it right. I'm going to straighten them out. You have a hard enough time changing yourself. You can't change anybody else. James tells us in chapter 1, verse 21, he tells us that, For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. A Quaker was asked how he was so calm under provocation. How he could remain such a a calm individual. And he said, I learned that when I became angry and when I watched others become angry, they would raise their voice and they would get louder and louder. I decided... To become quieter and quieter. And he said, I attribute that and the blessing of the Lord to helping me overcome my natural temper towards anger. God will show you individually how to deal with your anger. I read the story about a doctor who became very angry with his partner. And he was just enraged at the way his partner treated him and things that went on in the business. And so uh, the doctor prayed about it. He went to God and he would wash his hands some 50 to 60 times every day because of dealing with the patients and everything. He decided every time he washed his hands, he would pray for his partner. And God delivered him from anger. See, God will do that for us and in us if we're willing and open and say, God, here am I, change me. God will give you the direction. He'll give you the discernment. He'll teach you how to deal with your anger. Uh, deliverance, Galatians five sixteen says, so I say, live by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. God, Fill me with the Holy Spirit, because if I walk in the Spirit, I'm not going to walk in the flesh. I know the Spirit is going to deliver me from the works of the flesh. God can do that in you. Get filled with the Spirit again and again and again. I like what St. Augustine said. He said, when the winds and the waves of angry passion rush upon your soul, do what the disciples did when the tempest fell upon them in the boat. Call on Christ. Proverbs 16.23, from a wise man comes wise speech. The words of the wise are persuasive. Listen to this very carefully. Anger is a tool for change when it challenges us to become more of an expert on self and less of an expert on others. Somehow, an angry person, I mean, they dream up scenarios in their mind. They're going to have a confrontation with this person. And of course, as they dream up the scenario, they always are going to wax eloquent. They're going to be able to defeat their adversary. Their reason is impeccable. And, well, it very rarely works out that way, right? Right? Be more of an expert on yourself. Through anger. God, what is this showing me about my priorities? What is this showing me about my relationship with you? What is this showing me about myself? Uh, What you get angry about tells you a lot about yourself. It tells you a lot about where you are in your spiritual journey. It's a great barometer of your spiritual life. Finally and briefly, utilize a biblical approach. And I can't say much about it, but simply... Be a peacemaker. Blessed are the peacemakers. Everything inside of you, if possible, live at peace with other people. Now, it doesn't mean peace at any price, but it does mean that you're going to seek God's wisdom and you're going to be a peacemaker. Some people are troublemakers. Wherever they go, they stir up trouble. Wherever they go, they turn a spark into a fire. They're experts at setting people against one another. They're skilled at it. Be the type of person that calms the troubled sea. That has a calming effect on a difficult situation. And finally and lastly, forgiveness. Um, Jesus said we're to forgive one another. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to open your Bibles, if you have them, to Matthew chapter 6. As you're opening them to Matthew 26, I wanna relate a story that I read by William Willimon. When he went to Belfast, Ireland, he met a woman who had been involved in helping the poor, a lot of good works in that community. And he heard recently that she had been remarried. She was uh, a widow. And he asked her, what happened to your first husband? And she described a very tragic event that happened 10 years prior. She said, he was a wonderful man. He was a superintendent of a jail. And that morning he was going off to work and she kissed him on the cheek and she had her little daughter with her. And he went out towards his car. And two men who were in the IRA drove up in an automobile. One man got out and shot him in the face, put five bullets into him. The other man came after her and her daughter, but she was able to get in the house. And the gunshots just shattered the door, but she was safe, and so was her child. And after they drove away, she went out to her bloodied dead husband, and she stood over his body. And she was overwhelmed with the situation. All she could do was pray the Lord's prayer. Would you do that with me for a moment? Open to Matthew chapter 6. I have the NIV and uh, I want to read to you and, and just pray this with me. Matthew chapter 6 verse 9. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts. As we also forgive our debtors. Stop there. When she came to that part, she said, God, I guess you want me to forgive. You're going to have to help me do that every day. You're going to have to help me from being destroyed by anger. Those two men that had killed her husband and tried to kill her were never convicted, never placed in jail, She did not become bitter or angry. God gave her the grace to overcome that anger. She said, I would pray the Lord's Prayer. Now, let's read on. Forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. The NIV stops there, but the King James, the NIV, New King James, all... Record Jesus' comment on the Lord's Prayer. And this is the only one of the petitions in the Lord's Prayer that Jesus has comments on or a commentary on. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive you your sins. If a woman in Belfast, Ireland, can forgive an IRA uh, assassins who kill her husband and so blow off his face that even his mother could not see him and it was horrific if she could forgive couldn't you I want you to think about someone who you're angry with. Someone who's wronged you. Could be a spouse, it could be a friend, it could be a family member, it could be church person, whatever. I want you to say their name in your heart. Say their name to the Lord. Say it. Who are they? Who are you angry with? Shout their name to God. Ask God for the grace to forgive them. Don't let anger control, dominate, and govern your
0: life. The 1995 film starring Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt highlighted gruesome crimes all centered around the seven deadly sins. And while this movie is far from biblical, we do know that each one of us are open to the temptations of the flesh. Pastor Ed is sharing a seven-part series, each part on a specific sin. To learn more about Building in Faith or to get a free copy of today's teaching, simply log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. That's buildinginfaithradio.com. Although Building in Faith is a huge blessing, we pray that it's not your only source for the teaching of the Word of God. It's our hope that you're attending a church that teaches God's Word from beginning to end. If not, We'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For service times, driving directions, and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Edward Jones, Please join us next time as Pastor Ed continues teaching through his series entitled Seven Deadly Sins, right here on Building in Faith.